Hey, how's it going, Lakeland? Welcome to A View from City Hall. This is City Commissioner Chad McLeod. It's good to be back on the podcast. Today is Wednesday, August 18th, when I'm recording this, and always appreciate you listening to this podcast, whether you've listened before, this is your first time coming to this show. I really appreciate it. I still run into people almost after every episode who say, Chad, I enjoy the podcast. That keeps me encouraged and going with this because it is a labor of love. And there are times, as any podcaster knows, it you have moments where you think, Do I, is this worth it? You have to sit down and record and come up with topics and uh, there's editing on the back end. And so it's a, it's a process. I do enjoy it. And I like hearing from Lakeland residents and people when I'm out and about who have listened to an episode. And for me, it's a way to provide a glimpse into the decision-making process of our city commission. There are some of you out there who listen, who you follow everything that comes out of City Hall. You read the ledger, you read Lakeland Now, you're on social media, you follow the city. And then there are others who don't. And and that's as much as you know. my audience, I think, is, as anyone, uh, people who uh, just they tune into this and kind of get a snapshot of some of the things that we're, we're dealing with. You get my perspective. I'm one of seven, but I, I do try to capture kind of what is happening on the commission as a whole. So thank you for listening. I, I will recap a little bit on of Monday's meeting that we, we had this past week. This is a busy time for the commission. We're heading into the budget approval uh, process that is finalized in September, and I'll talk about that in a second. But I wanted to touch on a few topics before I get into uh, things that happened at Monday's meeting. Uh, National Night Out was an event that happened a few weeks ago at the beginning of August, and it, it really should be called National Day Out, but it is a, a movement. It is, a as it, the name implies, it's a national uh, event all around the country, cities that participate. It is a day for uh, law enforcement to connect with the community and for neighborhoods and businesses and different associations to gather together and show their appreciation for our men and women in law enforcement. And I've followed this for a, a long time, and I've always seen uh, pictures and, and content that comes out around National Night Out. Last year, it was canceled. Um, so this is this is my first year, uh, being my second year on the commission. This was the first time I got the chance to participate in National Night Out, and what a day that was! I really I want to thank uh, shout out to Assistant Police Chief Hans Lehman, uh, who allowed me to tag along with him for the afternoon and on into the evening at many of the events for that day. But it's one, it was just fun to go around the city to different communities and businesses and neighborhoods and talk to people. I, I told Chief Lehman, it kind of felt like I was on the campaign trail a little bit because you're just, you're talking to people and and the main purpose behind the event is for uh, people to meet the men and women of, of the police department and just show their appreciation for them. And you saw that on display. And that, that was a uh, a neat thing to see for our city and just to see the deep appreciation and well-deserved respect that our community has for the police department. As part of that, you know, you got to talk to, I got to talk to a number of residents and I'll share a story at the end of um, a lady I was talking to and what she was sharing with me. And so we talked about a lot of different topics and it was just, it it was a great way to plug into the community. And so I appreciate uh, that opportunity. I'm excited to do it again next year. I think, uh, you know, a lot goes into that. One of the Highlights of the afternoon, Axe Caliber, so downtown uh, newer business. It's been around for a little while now, but uh, what a space they have. If you haven't checked out Axe Caliber, I'd 
encourage you to do that. But they hosted a an axe throwing competition between the police department and the fire department uh, that afternoon. And uh, we got to gather for that. And even some of the commissioners, we got to try our hand at throwing axes. But uh, it, it was just it was fun. It was fun to see the camaraderie between uh, the police and fire departments. And um, yeah, it was just just a fun afternoon. We, we got a chance to visit the Coleman Bush building and uh, see the after-school programs that are happening uh, at that facility and visit with some of the youth who are, are participants in, in some of those programs. And I even got to shoot some hoops. I haven't done that in probably 20 years. So that was a sight. There's some pictures floating around social media of me and Commissioner Music and I believe Commissioner Reed and Commissioner Madden. We were all out on the basketball court. So that was that was fun. It was just a different uh, kind of deal than, than what we normally do. Uh, as commissioners and, and had a blast doing it. So thank you, LPD, for um, just being involved in that. And thank you to all the, the neighborhoods and, and businesses that were part of, of that day. Last week, uh, we held a what was our second budget workshop. So we had one earlier in the summer, and then we didn't quite have our discussions wrapped up on that first day. And so we pushed uh, that workshop into day two, which was last week. Uh, it was last Tuesday. And, and really to talk about some of the major topics around the fiscal year 22 budget. And these are important discussions and conversations we're having about what do we do with the, the millage rate, that's the property tax rate per thousand dollars of taxable value. And, and currently that millage rate is 5.464. And it's been that for several years. And our discussion right now and, and what we have to decide by the end of September is do we stay with that rate? property owners are familiar with this, you get a statement every year called the truth and millage statement. And it tells you what your taxes will be if the, uh, the taxing authority, in this case, the, the city of Lakeland, if we um, adopt uh, as final the, the tax rate that is being advertised, 5.464. Now, uh, under Florida law, we can lower it. We don't have to, to advertise again. Uh, and I think that's what we're discussing right now. Do we keep the rate where it is? Uh, or do we roll it back slightly? Uh, there isn't a in my opinion, a significant increase in, in our taxable values uh, coming uh, this next year, uh, almost 11%. And so that really warrants a discussion on do we do we hold the tax rate the same or do we do we lower that millage rate? And um, you know, a lot of a lot of debate around that and then in trying to fund city operations and make sure that we're being lean uh, at the same time, providing services that our residents expect uh, and maintaining a high quality of life here in the city. Uh, you may have seen that we are discussing body camera funding and uh, do we include body camera funding uh, in this year's uh, or fiscal year 22's budget? And that's a, a big item of discussion and that's going to carry on into September. So stay tuned for that. Uh, there's a lot of work that goes into adopting the final budget and a lot of consideration and, and thought that each commissioner brings into that process. And I can tell you, we, we don't take it lightly. We really want to make sure that we are being as fiscally responsible with the city's finances and conservative and, and keeping that tax rate low. Um, and, and so there's a balance there for sure. And, and we'll be doing more on, on that in, in the coming weeks. So going back to my last episode, and again, I want to thank Bill Anderson for coming in and uh, just sitting down and talking all things water. And, and it was a great discussion. And one of the things we talked about was the commission's decision to spend 18 million of the 20, almost 23 million of American Rescue Act funding on uh, replacing a wastewater line called a trunk line in the southwest part of the city. 
And, and I've had a couple of questions, not a lot, but but I think people, uh, it, it's an interesting deal. We realize that m- maybe this isn't how we thought we would use this money going into when we, once we found out that we had $23 million coming to us. However, uh, this is a real infrastructure need, and so it has to be paid for somehow. And this is an allowable category under uh, the criteria for the American Rescue Plan, uh, the funding that's coming from that. And there were very specific criteria, and, and that was something we had to consider. It wasn't as if we're just given $23 million and spend it at your discretion. Uh, it has to fit the criteria that is set forth by the federal government, by the Treasury Department. And, and, and so this, this falls into that. Um, so it's in many ways, uh, it is an opportunity for us to where we, and Bill uh, said this on, on the last episode, we don't have to pass along those costs to our citizens uh, in the form of their water rates. And, and that's something that we look at um, from time to time. Every couple of years is looking at the water rates for uh, water usage and wastewater usage and, and uh, all of that. So uh, I, I have explained to a couple of people that I think, you know, for me, when I first heard about it, I thought this this wasn't my first thought. And it took me a little bit to kind of come around to spending, I think it's 80% uh, of the American rescue funds on this uh, wastewater line. But I do think it makes sense. And I think it is a good deal for our city. And I think it is it, the timing of it works. And, and there's still other areas that we can allocate funding, uh, the remaining 5 million different categories, things that are allowed under this criteria. I know we've uh, designated some small business funding, um, very specific guidelines for that, uh, just different categories, uh, things that are smaller amounts, but uh, and we haven't uh, allocated at all. So there's there's still some some room there. And, and I know that we'll be, be talking about that in the future as well. So going back to, to this week's commission meeting on Monday, we started off with a presentation by um, Lakeland Regional CEO Danielle Drummond and Dr. Joy Jackson from the Polk County Health Department. And we had requested this on Friday during our agenda study. Uh, last year, you may remember that we periodically had updates from both Lakeland Regional and Watson Clinic, uh, as well as from the, the health department, just on the situation with COVID and, and numbers at the hospital. And we felt like this was timely. This was not, there was not a particular ask coming from the hospital or from the health department other than strongly encouraging vaccines throughout the county and beyond. Um, but really just for us to hear from them uh, as city leaders, we want to be mindful of what is happening at the hospital and the realities that they're facing. And it is a, it's a sobering picture right now all across our state in terms of hospital capacity and staffing and they're stretched and the, and the people on the front lines are working uh, incredibly hard. That probably doesn't even do it justice to say the, the things that they are facing. And so um, we heard from them and, and appreciate them giving up their time because they're both very busy right now. Uh, for our healthcare workers, for our doctors and nurses and frontline people, we thank you. We thank you so much for what you're doing right now and, and hope and pray that we get to the other side of this curve uh, very soon because I know it's just, it, it is, um, these are tough times right now for, for the healthcare community for sure. The second item on Monday's agenda was a presentation by Airport Director Gene Conrad. It's always great to hear what is happening out at the airport. Uh, Gene did not talk about Amazon, and, and that's a, it's been a hot topic for a while, but he really just gave it a, an update on some of the other projects, uh, different companies and their growth. He talked about NOAA, the hurricane hunters, the planes that are flying out and gathering data uh, on the storms this time of year. They're based at Lakeland Linder, and their uh, NOAA's operation and their footprint is growing. 
we have not, as a commission, been able to get out there and tour NOAA due to COVID protocols, but I'm looking forward to when we can because I've, I've driven by it and I've, I've seen the facility and I've seen their planes, but it's an impressive operation, I know, and, and I, I we're fortunate to have them based here in Lakeland. Uh, just a lot that is happening out at the airport, uh, upgrades to landing systems, making it possible for planes to, to land uh, at Lakeland Linder, just like they would at any other major airport under uh, poor visibility and difficult conditions. And uh, all of that is attractive and I think necessary for a commercial airline. And Gene gave us an update on that. And I was glad because I, I was going to tell him the second most common question I get about the airport behind Amazon uh, is uh, what's going on with commercial air service. And there are a lot of people who are eager to see a commercial airline come to Lakeland. And, and there are ongoing discussions. Gene reported that there's, there continues to be interest in Lakeland. I think before COVID, there, there was a lot of interest. And then uh, last year, those discussions just got put on hold. Uh, the airlines were hesitant to make any long-term investments, understandably. But now, uh, hopefully, that is changing and air travel has picked up. Uh, I, I, so I don't know. I don't have – I tell people, you know, Gene is our, – our airport director is the one who – he is leading uh, those conversations and negotiations. And many of those, you know, right now, we I don't know any more than, than you do. And so I um, – other than it is is moving along, and, and we hope to – I think Gene understands from the commission standpoint that that's something we would like to see. I would love to see uh, a commercial service to a maybe a hub city or somewhere where you can fly to, uh, whether it's in Atlanta or Charlotte type city, and then from there really go anywhere in the country. And and for um, Lakeland's economic development and just for um, you know not having to drive to Tampa or Orlando, I think it'd be a great thing. So that that was a fun presentation. Gene, you may have seen this as well. He talked about there's there's a restaurant that's coming to the airport, and that's exciting. We don't know. Uh, which one yet, but that'll be another option that we'll have um, uh, for travelers and just people who are out in that area and want to want to stop by the airport and have something to eat. So that, that will be fun. One of the items that we approved, uh, and this will um, go on the November ballot, and it, it had to be approved by the commission. It's a proposed charter change to the city's charter, but it relates to special elections for city commissioners. So we had one this year. Uh, in April, and then we had a runoff in May, and that was to fill the seat that was vacated by now Congressman Scott Franklin. And under the current charter, we are required to hold a special election. And I think it's no later than 90 days after uh, a city commissioner resigns and no sooner than 60 days. I think there's like a 60 to 90 day window. I'm, I'm not positive on that, but it doesn't allow us. There's not a lot of flexibility in uh, the way we fill, we can fill those seats, but then we have to have a special election at a time when there's nothing else on the ballot. And there's several reasons why this is, is not the best scenario. Number one, it's expensive and it costs money uh, to hold an election. And so the thought was, is there a way to change the charter and to make it to where we don't have to hold these special elections? And the what we came up with is the a policy that would allow the city commission to make an appointment, which we did this past year. We we appointed uh, Commissioner Don Selvage temporarily until the special election. We had a lot of discussion at a workshop about this, about how long should an appointed commissioner serve. And my feeling is I, I really like commissioners who are elected by their constituents that we don't want to be in a position where to where we're appointing someone to serve longer than necessary. However, um, we also want to minimize the number of elections that we have, and we want to be able to um, 
avoid unnecessary cost for, for having elections. So what we settled on was a, a policy to where we could appoint, a, if there is a resignation, if there's a vacancy um, for whatever reason, that the current commission can appoint someone and that seat will be filled at the next regularly scheduled city commission election. The way our uh, commission seats are structured, there is an election every two years. So um, if someone has more than, if there's more than six months left on the term when a commissioner resigns, right now, uh, if this passes, um, then the commission would be able to make an appointment. The appointed commissioner would serve until someone is elected at the next regularly scheduled election. So an appointed commissioner could serve no longer than two years because that seat would be on the ballot at the next city election. And we have one every two years. So I think this is a, a good change and um, we'll see what happens you know, when it goes to the ballot for the voters to approve. But again, it, it eliminates having these special elections in the case of the seat that Commissioner Music holds right now. Uh, he, it is on the ballot again in November. The way the current charter is is written, we have this special election, and then the seat itself is up for re-election, regularly scheduled in November. And so uh, it's multiple elections for that that seat in one year, and I, I don't think that's ideal. And as I said earlier, it, it's costly to hold that special election. The other item that we approve that will also be on the ballot, these will be separate issues, relates to the canvassing board. And I think this is important because I don't, I, before coming onto the commission, I really didn't know what the canvassing board was. I hadn't heard about it. You probably wouldn't. I've talked about it on previous episodes of this podcast, but the canvassing board for the city of Lakeland is made up of the commissioners who are not on the ballot. And we have to have a quorum. So if there are four of us who are not up for reelection, we have to have uh, at least three uh, at several meetings. There are several before uh, election day, there's election night, and then there's a post-election meeting, and we have to certify the results of the election, and we have to look at ballots that come back through the mail that have no signature, or the signature doesn't match, and we work with the supervisor of elections and their staff. This was my first canvassing board experience this year for the, for the special election. Uh, I'll be on it again in November because my seat is not up for re-election until 2023. One of the things that, that I realized during this process is um, we will only have three of us, three commissioners who are not on the ballot in November. Uh, the mayor's up for re-election. Commissioner Music's seat, again, is, is on the ballot. Um, Commissioner Madden's, the at-large one seat, is up for re-election. And then the Southwest District seat, Commissioner McCarley's seat, is also on the ballot. And so that leaves three of us, the, myself, Commissioner Reed, and Commissioner Walker, who are on the canvassing board. The city charter requires that the canvassing board be made up of commissioners. And two of us will have to be at, at each of these meetings. And, and I just, I think it's it's difficult at times because there's no margin. If something comes up, in my case, if there's a sick kid or something goes crazy with the schedule and I can't get to one of those canvassing board meetings, then the other two have to be there to be able to certify the results of the election or vice versa. If one of the other commissioners has something, a last minute emergency, the, then two of us have to be present. And, and we talked about changing the charter to allow for, in the absence of a commissioner, that we can have the city manager or the city attorney serve on that canvassing board. 
Other cities do it differently. It's not a statewide requirement that your commissioners be the only ones on the canvassing board. It is a very important role, and I think it it's a level of oversight, and it adds to the integrity of the elections process. And I saw that by being part of that board. So this change, it's minor, but it gives us some flexibility, and I think it makes sure that we will always have enough people present to be part of that board. So hopefully that makes sense. I think it's a little confusing, especially for people who, I mean, it's not your world. You have no idea, well, never even heard of this. But if it's if anything I just said on either of those two things about the changes to the eliminating special elections and, and putting those seats on the next regularly scheduled city election, and we have a vacancy, or the canvassing board. If that, if I've confused anybody, chad.mcleod at lakelandgov.net. Always happy to chat more uh, about that. And and those were uh, important because, as I said, they're going on November's ballot. So stay tuned. You'll hear more on that for sure. I want to end this episode, and I'm, I'm right above 20 minutes. That's where I try to stay, at least when it's just me. I hope to have a guest for uh, my next episode. I really want to have someone from Lakeland Police Department. So I know I have a few listeners from the police department. If anybody's out there listening and you want to come on uh, the podcast for the next episode, let me know. But for this one where it's just me, I try not to go too far over 20 minutes. I did want to share a story. When I was out meeting with residents during National Night Out, it it was one of the last stops over on Clarendon Avenue off of Crystal Lake. Um, it's near my neighborhood where I live. And, and I uh, was visiting with people and one lady uh, came up to me and she said, how do you think things are going at the city? And that's a question that I get often. And I said, well, I, I think they're going relatively well. You know, we have issues that we're dealing with. Uh, there's complexities. We kind of hop from topic to topic, but we have a great group. We have a good dynamic and, and we are committed uh, to solving some of our city's most challenging problems. And, and she said, what is the most difficult thing you're facing right now. And before I could even say anything, she said, do not tell me growing pains. And I wasn't going to say growing pains, but I was going to say growth management. So I I was thinking the same thing that she was saying, please don't tell me. And, and I said, can you explain that? And she said, I just, I'm concerned. And I think a lot of my friends are concerned and, and neighbors and people I, I interact with daily that we're growing too fast as a city. And it, Lakeland is not, you know, it's different, it's changing, and I grew up here, and, and I said, ma'am, I, I hear you, I, I definitely understand that, and I can see how people think that. Uh, at times, I think that. I said, there, there are two things that I would um, say, maybe it was three things that I would say in response to that. Number one, our commission, I can tell you this, that we are mindful of that, that we know that many people believe that growth is happening too quickly, uh, not only in Lakeland, but across the state of Florida. And so we take that into consideration when we are approving projects, when we're looking at how do we grow as a city. So, so we hear you. Uh, number two, people are moving here and, and we can't stop growth. We can't uh, stop people from coming to the city that we love and discovering the same things about it that we like that drew us here. Um, and, and so we and that can be a good thing. We, we want that, but we want to grow in a way that um, that reflects the culture and character of Lakeland. I get that. Uh, and then the third thing I said is when we ha- while we have not approved every project that has come before us this past year, we have to be careful as a commission when we don't approve something. If we reject, if there's a request from a developer, from a landowner, from somebody for a zoning change, that there are there are very specific parameters that govern that in the state of Florida. And it's not as easy as just, I can't just say, well, I don't like that project, so I'm going to vote no. I can, um, but that opens up risk on the legal side, for sure. And, and that that factors into our decision. And, and while we don't make policy 
necessarily with the primary driver of that being whether or not we'll be sued. Uh, we do want to consider that and be thoughtful in how we approve or deny requests for changes to zoning, uh, land development, and, and really looking at, and this is what I told her, told her, are these requests for new growth, new housing, uh, new businesses, is it consistent with our comprehensive plan and our land development code? And those are two very important documents and, and foundations to the city of Lakeland. We just updated the comprehensive plan for the city. It is a, it's something that I think it's hard to bring to life. Sometimes I sit on the Central Florida Regional Planning Council as our city's representative to that entity. And, and the planning council is crucial in helping cities and, and counties develop their comprehensive plans for how the city is going to grow. And, and it's hundreds of pages long. It's a shorter document than it was several years ago, so we're making progress. But but when things come before us, we have to look at, is it consistent with the comprehensive plan? Does the land development code allow us to do that? And if the answer to that is yes, then um, there is a high threshold for when we potentially would deny a project. And that is part of the process. And so I explain that. I know that that to a lot of people, that's it, it is confusing, understandably. And I'm constantly working to try and explain that, uh, going back to what I said at the beginning of this podcast, letting you into the decision-making process of the commission that maybe you don't see just from the outside or just from stories you read uh, in local media. And our local media do a great job of covering, covering stories and providing information. But uh, they have limited space, and, and many times it's it's hard to, to really see what goes into this process. So I appreciated the chance to talk with uh, this resident and her passion for keeping our city as a great place to live, and, and I certainly share that. And so uh, always, if you have feedback, if you and I told her, I said, stay in touch. Here's my email, chad.mcleod at lakelandgov.net. It was funny, as I was talking to her, Commissioner Walker walked up. And so I, I said, here, talk to him. He, you, you know, he's been on the commission longer than I have. But, um, but seriously, I, I do. I told her, I said, if, if you think we're going off the rails, if we've messed up or don't hesitate to let me know. Many of you do, but, but that is, is valuable feedback. So wanted to end on that story. I, I think it's reflective of a lot of discussions that are had out there right now in our city. Speaking of Commissioner Walker, I wanted to congratulate him as we did on Monday for uh, becoming the president of the Florida League of Cities. That's a it's a great honor, and he has invested a lot into the Florida League uh, over the past several years. Um, I think I mentioned last episode that the Florida League of Cities represents over 400 municipalities in the state of Florida. I am just kind of easing into FLC, as it's called. I am on a policy committee, the Transportation and Intergovernmental Relations Policy Committee, where we will take up topics uh, for the state legislature to consider and an agenda to say this is in the best interest of Florida cities. We'll be doing that. Um, we've been working on that this summer, and, and we'll certainly take that to the legislative session uh, at the beginning of next year. So I am in no way as involved with FLC as Commissioner Walker is, but it is an honor for Lakeland to have Commissioner Walker leading that organization as president uh, and, and representing us statewide. So that's all I have for this episode. I really appreciate the opportunity to serve as one of your city commissioners. There's a lot going on, but I love it and I thank you. And if I can ever be of service to you or your neighborhoods or anybody you know, please contact me again. It's chad.mcleod at lakelandgov.net. Have a great week, everyone, and weekend, and I will see you back again soon.